we've got Miss Simran Basra. What? How do you say it? Um, BS, BSC. Is that how you say it? Yeah, official graduate now. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank. Actually, that's such a lie. Why? You know, <laughs> you just be saying I'm good. I'm lying. Why are you I'm not, not okay. good? Why? <laughs> so hungover. <laughs> well, that's actually what I wanted to talk about first. So. How have you been enjoying your first week of freedom, Simran? Because I know you were planning on going out to Birmingham, right? Yeah, thank the heavens above that we didn't go to Birmingham. Oh, so what did like, you end up doing then? Monday. Oh, I did nothing on Sunday or Monday. Mm. Like, chilled. Because I also, I think, was it us that were saying that, like, it's just going to be full of children? Yeah, yeah. Like, all the really excited that. 18 year olds I was like right I'm, I'm okay like Sunday Monday that can be their time to shine like you guys enjoy um and then was just kind of like going out in the week and stuff because like, we were celebrating um me graduating and stuff but not going out and then Thursday went out in London and yesterday I went out in London yeah didn't I see on your story like you went back to the same place like twice within like 24 hours or something Oh God, yeah, that was in Windsor, not London. But that we went out. Of, yeah, <laughs> Simran's on a mad one, guys. We went out of that. I was there at like four p.m. and then I was there at like two p.m. the next day, and I'd gotten home that day at like four in the morning. Mad. And then yeah, oh my God! And then on Thursday, I got home at six, and then I was I woke up at nine, and then I was back. So we were out in Shoreditch on Thursday. Got back home at six, and then. On Friday, I was back in Shoreditch by three. I see. I, I just don't have the energy for that. Like, where where's the energy for that come from? I used to have it. I used. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. I feel so rough now that I'm just like I don't think I've got it anymore. Usually, yeah. I could do that, but kind of no problem. Four, three, four days in a row. Mm. Well, it might just now, be because you're out of practice. Pardon? It might just be because you're out of practice. True. So you're saying I should practice i'm not telling you to do anything i'm just saying like maybe that makes sense but um so when you have been going out have you been like proper like clubbing yet so twice we went proper club and the other times are just like bars and like going out and about but like even short it just didn't go clubbing but it was like clubbing like the places we were going to but they weren't like clubs yeah um oh god it was just so weird we went out in um, London on Thursday and it was the strangest thing ever. I mean, I don't remember a lot of it, but even just being in the club, I was like, this is like not happening. Like I was, this is so, it just felt so illegal. Yeah. But, but was that it for you? Was it just feeling like, oh, this is like a bit naughty or was it like, okay, I'm actually feeling a bit anxious. Like there's so many people around me sort of thing. You know what? At the time, that thought never crossed my mind for a second. At the time, that didn't like I didn't even consider that. But looking back on it and how and like thinking back to in how much close proximity I was to everyone else, it is pretty scary. Hi, Queen. Hey guys, (laughs) welcome, Queen Halima, as it says on your screen name. Thank you. Make sure everyone knows what's up. Yeah. Simran was just telling us about how she's been going out all this week. I know, I've been seeing my girl, you've been doing up enjoyment every day. It's too much. My bank account's suffering. I'm suffering. This is the end of it now. I had my week of fun. We had my celebrations, and now it's like, okay. Yeah, but that's a cost of pot girl summer, isn't it? Uh, pot girl summer it is. Oh, uh, is it? Like that, yeah? No, no comment. Halima, let me just (laughs) Halima, let me just say to make you happy, you look very tanned. Thank you. (laughs) I had to leave. I had to leave this country to get this tan. Thank you very much. Yes, you see, this is me. This is real me. So this is a real Halima, not that pasty little girl that you see every week in the studio. This is a real me. So tell us, like, how was Portugal, and also how was it traveling, like, after all this time? Um, you know what? It was actually fine. Like, um, so we went to Madeira, which is not actually like mainland Portugal, because mainland Portugal is amberless now. So Madeira mm. is still greenless. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and it was so easy because I'm double vaxxed. Mm. So I didn't even need to take a test to go there or anything. I just needed to take a test to come back. 
Like literally got there and it was just so straightforward. Oh, actually, however, guys, I do have a story. So I was going for nine days, right? I was going from Saturday till the Monday, like two Mondays afterwards. Um, so on Saturday we flew out and Madeira is like a tiny island, like in the ocean yeah. and it's volcanic. So um, they have quite like bad weather conditions. So when we got to Madeira, the pilot was like cir circling around and he couldn't land because it was too windy. So then he had to take us to, there's another island next to uh, Madeira called Porto Santo. He couldn't take us there either because it was full. So then he had to take us to Portugal. We got to Portugal and then um, they said, we're taking you back to Manchester. <gasps> Can you imagine? No. That's to take us back to Manchester. Yeah, I was fuming. I was bloody fuming. So then oh, took us back to Manchester. So I flew out all the way to Portugal to be brought back to Manchester. And then what? And then they, they got us like a hotel and all that kind of stuff. And then the yeah. next morning, the next morning they took us back to um, took us back to Madeira and they were able to land. But how peak? Like I literally spent that that in that Saturday, I spent eight hours on a plane to fly to Madeira and back to Manchester. Oh my gosh! <sighs> but apparently, I'm entitled to like compensation, so I'm gonna have a look. So that will fund my next holiday. So I don't actually <laughs> mind that much. Fair enough. That's a bit of a shaky start, but from your stories, it looked really nice. Oh, it was gorgeous. It is really stunning. It is very stunning. It's, it's all like, like the topography of the island is mental because it's all like steep. Mm. Um. So yeah, gorgeous. And obviously it's Mediterranean climate. Huh? You do that DAV. My God, no, I got a taxi everywhere because I thought, nah, forget it. <laughs> like, there'll be our Airbnb host, she'll be saying, like, oh, you know, you can go over here and you can, like, telling us where all the local things are, this bakery here, this bakery there. And I'm like, mm -mm, no, because I, I'll have to climb at some point, forget it. Yeah. All I know yeah. about Madeira is it's where Ronaldo's from. Oh, my God. The airport is literally called Cristiano Ronaldo Airport. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> it's a tiny island. Like the population is literally like half a mil, two hundred fifty thousand people, which is nothing. Wow. I think Manchester's even five hundred thousand. That is mad. Well, yeah. Well, considering Liverpool's got an airport called John Lennon Airport, I think it's okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Why is ours not named after anyone? Because all I know is Manchester Airport used to be called Ringway, and now it's just Manchester. It's a bit boring. Is it? Ringway Airport? Yeah, Ringway is what Manchester used to be called because that area is still Ringway and now it's just Manchester. Manchester used to be called Ringway? Or oh, Manchester Airport? Yeah, I thought you yeah. Meant no, no, not Manchester in general, just the airport used I was to be thinking, called. That can't be right. I know that's not true. <laughs> nah. Who should the airport be named after then? Me. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Guns Airport. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, it doesn't really... Halima Airport doesn't really have the same ring to it, does it? Like Africa has a better ring than Gurns Airport. That just... That... Gurns. You know what it means to when you're gurning? You know what, Halima? I have the power to mute you. Don't make me use oh. it. <laughs> but anyway, obviously you talked a bit about how it was easier for you because you were double-vaxxed, which takes yeah. on to the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Obviously, restrictions were lifted on Monday. And straight away, mm -hmm. Boris said, oh, yeah, but come September, once all over 18s have had the chance to be vaccinated, we might start implementing this thing where you have to be double vax in order to go into clubs. Now, what do we think about that in particular? Um, it's not just clubs, is it? It's like any any like big gatherings, basically. Yeah. I think clubs was the main example used, but it's basically like large gatherings of people, yeah. I think it's fine. Like, I don't know, actually. I don't know, because on the one hand, it's like, on the one hand, it's a bit difficult because they could just require a negative COVID test. Like, I swear, it's it yeah. the same thing. And in some ways, it does mean that, like, because at the end of the day, like, body autonomy is like, it's a civil liberty. Yeah. So people should have the right to, to decide whether or not they want to get back. So ultimately, you know, we're obviously that there is an argument that it's for the greater good of society. Yeah, fine. But you also can't take away someone's personal body autonomy. Um, so in some ways, it does kind of like coerce them into it, I guess. Like it makes it difficult for them to not to not be 
to, to, to choose to not be vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I, I think what you're saying about it takes away that body autonomy. And I, I in my opinion, I am pro-vaccine. I've had it myself. Yeah, How, however, same. like you say, um, negative tests can provide the same thing. Obviously, it would yeah. be, obviously, it would be great if everyone could be vaccinated because having the vaccine obviously makes you less likely to transmit and also makes you less yeah. likely to react badly to COVID. However, saying to people that you can't go to a certain place unless you have injected something into your body... I, yeah. I don't agree with that and I think it's very silly yeah. I think I also think it's very silly of them to have said that because all that's going to do is make the people who are against the vaccine just not want to take it even more yeah because it makes it seem more booky isn't it like because because then you're literally like co it's coercion at some point do you know what I mean like to take away certain kind of like privileges for people who don't who aren't vaccinated who aren't double vaccinated that it is it does come across as coercion mm. I mean I, sorry go on and i sorry. agree with i agree with like the vaccine rollout the way it has gone like it's been really good and the encouragement of people to get the vaccine i obviously stand fully behind like i'm single vaccinated and not had my second one yet but i am pro vaccine as well but i think when as soon as you introduce the element of you can't attend certain things or you can't partake in certain things without that mm. vaccine mm. when there is a perfectly adequate alternative option available that's when you kind of uh, start airing on the side of coercion and like you said Halima, it looks spooky like it looks yeah. really yeah. from them to be like you need this vaccine to now participate in all the things that you were doing without mm. the vaccine two years yeah. ago you can't tell people to go back to their normal lives but the only way you can do it is with a vaccine when they've had 20 30 plus years of doing that just fine before mm. yeah and it does it, i think it either shows like how much the government doesn't in my opinion how much the government doesn't care or it shows how much out of touch they are with the generally young community i reckon they one of them might have thought like oh like this is a good way to basically like you say coerce them into it but they won't have properly thought about the fact that this is just going to make them not want to there's more, more resistance ultimately. yeah like all it's going to do is if, if this does come into play in um september october when they're planning it um again not i'm not in um, condoning this but i reckon there'll either be protests against it or there will be loads of illegal raves again like that's what's gonna that's happen. what it is this is what the thing this is what the thing is like and this is not just with vaccines but when governments make anything illegal all it does is open up a black market yeah. that's yeah. literally all it does is it doesn't actually stop that thing it just makes it a black market so it's better it's actually on the, on behalf of the government even if they genuinely believe like what they're doing is a right decision a government who is controlling a, a a large like body politic, it actually makes more sense for them to be realistic and understand that not everyone will want to go for this option and therefore be able to regulate other options, other alternatives realistically and more better. Mm-hmm. For sure. Rather than say, this is the one only option and everyone has to do it, knowing that it will open up like black markets. Mm-hmm. I think as well, the... Um it does just kind of lend itself to this general feeling of or an authoritarian society that the government seems yeah. to be edging towards, especially if you guys seen about that law that they're looking to get passed, which would, following the Matt Hancock scenario, would allow journalists to face up to 14, oh years, my God. Up to 14 years in prison if they embarrass the government. But What is that about? Like, I don't understand. How is that? How is that within the realm of, like, law and order? But surely that's like freedom of speech and people are entitled to like no you know what i mean freedom of the press exactly exactly no it literally literally is it's censorship at the end of the day it's actually censorship i think obviously there should be laws in in place in regards to um, defamation and also um in regards to hatred all of these things yeah like protecting people's mental health etc but just quote unquote embarrassing the government also, why is it the government that gets the special treatment? Surely it should be anyone if we're going to be, like, stopping people exactly, from getting embarrassed. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And all it does, all it means is, like, to, to embarrass. I mean, uh, and the Tories have a lot to be embarrassed about, in my opinion. All it does is give them mandate to act with impunity. Like, honestly, it just gives them mandate to just do whatever the hell they want. And now there's no media backlash. And media is the, is 
the primary way that people obviously are informed of what's going on in the primary way where people can kind of like voice and and demonstrate dissent as well so Mm -hmm. for sure and i think in regards also obviously the police and crime bill that got passed as well it's just i don't understand like how they think people aren't going to like notice this theme that seems to be emerging of just more and the more... um the refugee the, the one of the laws oh, talking yeah. about you, the refugees on boats you can't rescue them yeah it's, a, it's a crime if you, if you save someone's life from drowning you're gonna get arrested like how does that make any this sense Patel, yeah she's actually worse than thanos like <laughs> in my opinion like she's i don't understand like this woman this woman is a real life villain what happened mm. to her what actually happened to her is it we literally need like a villain backstory don't we yeah there, there, there must be because i'm sorry i'm sorry no one can like willingly wake up and choose this amount of violence every day mm. it is interesting though because like i was talking to my sister about this and all in mm. um, bame tories they kind of mm. seem to like get involved in it very much from the um the early stages like they'll go to university or high school and they'll get involved in like the conservative union like stuff then and i think oh, really it, yeah like both um, sajid javed and pretty patel both like were involved in it from that young age i think it is very much like they have this mentality again of like i'm not i want you to accept me pick me i'm not one of them and this is how i'm mm. going i'm going to put in the quote-unquote hard work to make it out and if i can do it anyone yeah. can do it you know what i mean they're I think- so desperate for like assimilation oh sorry sorry it's like rooted in like this weird like deep deep self-hatred yeah and just like shaking bum for the white man basically yeah <laughs> literally just to appease them and get your point across that you probably don't even believe in that because i would find it extremely extremely mind-boggling if Preeti patel really like firmly and fully believes in the things that she's preaching and she's not just doing it to appease her colleagues in parliament because for as as a woman and as a bane woman you can't go through with things that she's saying like and fully back that with your heart i believe anyway or at least i can hope really i don't know i think she does you know i think that and this is it like this is this is the thing about like identity politics where it's like it's great but it only takes us so far in it it only takes us so far because we think that because she belongs to a historically marginalized you know community and and, and identity then that means she also resonates with those things and it's, it's obviously quite clearly not the case because i feel like appeasement is one thing but she's so over the top like she's so and that's the thing it's like this this inner need this incessant need for like assimilation and acceptance like you then start to overcompensate yeah like you think these are the policies that will resonate with you know tory policy and politics and and you know british body politic and really you're actually just going over the top the thing is right like we speak a lot on this show about representation and how, how important it is. And I firmly stand behind that, like, you know, seeing brown faces, brown female faces on TV, in the media that we consume, I think is one of the most important things, especially for young people growing up, especially for young girls mm. as well. Mm. But she is a living, breathing example of how representation means nothing unless you mm-hmm. do something good with it and try and support the people yeah. who you are representing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. It's like, it's like... um. Is, have you seen that meme where it's like bombs being dropped on like this? It's like a cartoon of bombs being dropped on bombs being dropped on this like Middle Eastern country, and the two car there's like two cartoon characters running away from it. And then in the in one of the stills, it says like, "Oh, I heard these bombs are being dropped by a brown woman." Oh, <laughs> All representation. Oh dear. Like, it's, I actually think she's so cool. It's supposed to be like the gleaming face of America and supposed to represent mm. the people of color community in America and the new world and to, you know, take us really far in that, in that, like, in terms of representation. But when you actually look at the stats and the, the war what that he did on being waged in the Middle East and Iraq and stuff, like, mm. it means nothing when, you, when you're still thinking that that's the man that's dropping the bombs and that's the man that's yeah. pushing and making the phone call. Yeah. It, Thing, like just because you have that figure there that has melanin in, in their skin mm-hmm. exactly it's the same thing with like Kamala Harris as well like when she got elected I know like a lot of black and like South Asian people were so gassed and it's like she's literally a cop I didn't know anything about the situation I remember being like so gassed like uh 
black woman, vice president, whatever. Like I was so gassed and then actually read into it and I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It just goes to show like identity politics is really not the end or be all, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's like a checkbox and it doesn't just work for our parliament. It works in all jobs now because obviously like I'm job hunting. All my friends are job hunting at the moment as well, especially they're job hunting for like grad schemes and like um, their first actual jobs and their career paths and stuff like that. And, uh, and we, we were speaking about it and a lot of my family also said like you have to play up to this now because you're a woman, you are a member of the BAME community, you can play up to the Punjabi thing because obviously we're quite marginalised as well. They were like, you have to play up to every aspect of your identity because at the end of the day, these corporations see it as a checkbox for them. Positive discrimination. Mm. Yeah, basically. And Mm. I tick that box because I'm not white, because I'm not male, and because I can put core in my name on on top of my CV, and then that gives a whole other element towards it as well. Like, it's just... Like, it's crazy how we have to think about these things. And in a way, obviously, it benefits me because it might put me higher up in the options of who they might consider for a job. But is it for the right reasons? Not really. No, I remember I made, I made a joke, like, when I first got into Cambridge, I made a joke that when they ask me for my work, I'm just going to say, what work? I'm only here for diversity reasons. Probably <laughs> <laughs> they, they, like, they like weird stuff like that as well, don't they? <laughs> but yeah no I, I get you i get you man it, that that in itself is a form of like positive discrimination is still like it's still discrimination, discrimination. exactly what i'm saying sajid javid preeti patel they're all just like their own little check marks under boris's mm. government yeah no exactly but okay see so this is the thing like this is a bit more like i'm about to get into my politics bag here this is the thing that's like really really insidious right about having um ethnics in in the Tory cabinet is that it allows the Tory party to posture as post-racial so it allows them to posture as as being living in this colorblind politic um how can we be racist we've got brown cabinet members um when in actuality like look at what the members are doing look at who the members are and look at what the like the party the, the Tory party haven't changed the policies haven't changed, the politics haven't changed, but because now they've got brown figureheads, they're able to use that as a scapegoat to say, mm, yeah, no, we're not racist. We're post it helps their case, though, that these exact brown figures that we're speaking about are the ones that perpetuate the racism the most. Exactly, because it didn't come from us, it comes from them. So obviously they're yeah. representing the interests of their, you know, community and they know better, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's their scapegoat in them. It's, it's exactly the same thing that we spoke about with the manifesto that claim that Britain's not institutionally racist from nine people of colour that yeah. were in uh, positions of power, like societal, societally powerful positions. Yeah. But they were the ones saying Britain's not institutionally racist and we don't have barriers towards our progression anymore due to race. However, you can ask any person of colour on the street if that's true, and I'm guaranteeing mm. you they would say no. Yeah. Mm. All right. Probably going to have to play a bit of music, guys, but certainly very interesting discussion, which I think we always seem to come back to this idea of representation and whether or not it's a good thing or bad yeah. thing. And I think that just shows like how relevant it is to every aspect of society and it continues to be. Right, so moving on to the next thing. Again, we, don't worry, guys, we're going to get to like a little bit of like more funny, positive stuff later. But before that, Let's just have a little bit of a chat about what happened to Dawn Butler earlier this ah. week. Um, Halima, seeing as you've exasper- you seem exasperated, do you want to just explain to the people what happened? Um, so she was in Commons um, and she was just calling out Boris Johnson for being a liar and the speaker kicked her out. <laughs> yeah. Like she got kicked out. <laughs> She got kicked out of a place that she gets paid to be in. She got kicked out of her workplace for saying that the prime minister is a liar. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't. It wasn't an accusation. It was the truth. Yeah, because if you look at the facts, and this isn't us like making allegations, but if you look at the facts of what Boris Johnson has said and what is the truth, he has lied. He's a he's a liar. He's literally he's a liar. Like the definition. I can't I can't I can't say anything more than that because it doesn't make sense to me. Like make it make sense. Someone help me make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, obviously, we look at this and obviously it com- makes completely no sense to us. Why should someone get kicked out when they're literally stating facts? But yeah. then if you look into it. 
this is actually part of the rules like they're not allowed so it's basically part of something called unparliamentary language and you're not allowed to use language that falls into this category um and certain things are accusing people of being a liar or a hypocrite or a traitor and you can't use language such as calling someone like a square or a coward or a hooligan because apparently that's unparliamentary whereas people have actually figured out ways around it by using like other terms basically that don't fall into that but it's just it's just surely that just shows how much the rules need to be refined and looked at yeah again. because if because why are you do why are you doing why are you having to do like verbal acrobatics to say what the truth is mm-hmm. like why what what is this and also like okay so unparliamentary i'm sure i have seen a number of videos circulating on the internet clips of like parliamentary debates where people are saying and behaving in a much worse manner mm-hmm. Like I'm, sure. I know I've heard, I've seen a lot worse. I've seen a lot worse. Like I just remembered him, like he was like four years ago now or five years ago when him, Dennis Skinner, who is no longer an MP, he lost his seat at the last election, but I think he's like Chesterfield or somewhere around there, and um, he called David Cameron dodgy Dave because. In all yeah. honesty, he was acting dodgy, and then he yeah. got. He, I think he got. Um, I can't remember whether he. I think he refused to retract his statement because that's what happens if you say that stuff. The speaker basically asks you to retract your statement, and if you don't retract it, then you get kicked out, basically. And it just. I I remember then just being like, how is that happening? Like he's literally like, why is that what people get kicked out for? Yet they all literally do such other random stuff like jeering at each other, and it's just it's it's literally the definition of the ick. Like I like yeah. see that, and yet that's allowed. But calling someone a liar when they've lied, or calling someone dodgy when they're literally behaving dodgy, isn't allowed. I don't understand. And I, okay, and 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 I think we need to clarify here: allowed for who, and and not allowed for who. Mm. Um, because a similar thing happened to Zara Sultana, like what last week? Yeah, yeah. Um, where she again was it uh, specifically Boris that she called out? Yes, it was. The, yes, she yeah, the prime minister. Yeah. I think she specifically called out Boris Johnson again, and then again she was tone policed basically by another. Uh, was it a Tory MP? If minister, yeah. Minister, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not a coincidence that I'm seeing clips of, um, again, I'm speaking from my opinion, I'm seeing clips of, like, white male, you know, MPs g- g- being unruly, you know, literally being unruly. And the thing is, is, like, um, the speaker will be laughing. Like, there's so many clips I've seen where the speaker's literally laughing along. Like, mm. someone will make a rude remark about the other side, and like people will jeer and laugh and like when it circulates Twitter, it's a joke. Like it's it's circulating because it's 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 like oh come on look at how funny this is. And now all of a sudden we have a an, a South Asian woman and we have a black woman um, who aren't being antagonistic, who aren't shouting or jeering or anything like that. They're literally just speaking. And now all of a sudden they're being shut down and they're being physically removed from from as I said where they are paid to be. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense. I mean, it does make sense. It's just racism and sexism. Well, on that note, I thought, wow, can I make this a little bit interesting? So, guys, as you can probably guess, we've got a little bit of a quiz coming up. Yeah. Now, I've decided for this, you two can work together. Right? So, Ooh, yeah. teamwork. Yeah, so just think of it as you against you guys against me, basically. And this is using the new sound pad that we have here at Pi Radio, which should have correct and wrong answer things linked up. So I'm very excited Ooh. to use that. Right, so basically what we, I'm going to do is I'm going to state something to you and you have to say whether or not you think that is um, allowed in Parliament or whether it isn't allowed in Parliament. <laughs> okay. Right. So, are um, MPs allowed to give a speech in a language other than English? I'm going to say no. What about you, Simran? No. Okay, I don't know why that did both at the same time, but that was correct. I don't know why did that literally do both at the same time. Let me just figure out the soundboard, guys. That's the wrong answer. Yeah, I don't know why. There we go. Right, so yeah, you got one correct, guys. So one nil to you. Right. 
So, is it allowed, you kind of already answered this already, is it allowed to tell um, BAME MPs to lower the tone when they're talking about racism? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is allowed. Right. Are you allowed to wear a suit of armour in Parliament? Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah because that sounds like a weird yeah. British law. Like it's just so 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 bizarre. I don't know why you would bring it up if it's not allowed. Right. So that is it's a oh. specific rule that you are not allowed to dress like not formally, and that includes wearing a suit of armor. So you can't wear a suit <laughs> okay. of armor in Parliament. So two one guys. Right. Are you allowed to say UNICEF? should be a lot ashamed for feeding starving children. No. No? No, oh, as in... Are you, are, yeah. are you allowed to say that UNICEF should be ashamed for feeding starving children? Yeah, because yes. someone did say it. Someone did say it. Yep. As yeah. said by Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yes. Yep. So he said that they were playing politics and they should be ashamed for doing that when they were literally feeding starving kids at Christmas, I believe. So okay. there we go. Typical Jacob. Right. Moving on to the next one. Are you allowed to applaud in Parliament? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen, I've seen them do that. Yeah, I feel like they do, but maybe it's one of the things that's not allowed, but they just let yeah. it slide. Yeah. So you're saying you think it is allowed? Oh, I don't know. So you take this one. I'm going to say no. Okay. You're saying it's I'll not allowed. It. So you're saying it's not allowed? Yeah, not allowed. Okay. Yep. So, so weird. Yeah, so you're, yeah. Not, you're not allowed to applaud, which I presume is why they do all that jeering stuff. Mm, okay. so sure. I mean, obviously, I could be completely wrong, but I'm so sure I've seen people like clap, yeah, me too, clap and like make hand gestures, and you know they're very out there with their they're very animated, aren't they, in Parliament? Mm-hmm. Right. So this last one that I've got, I think you guys are destined to win anyway. So Halima, you'll be very happy about that. But <laughs> are you allowed to call the opposition invertebrate jellies? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, as said by Boris Johnson on numerous occasions, apparently... That was actually quite funny. Yeah, apparently that's Invertebrate not... jellies! It's just a way of saying cowards, right? Yeah, <laughs> apparently that's not unparliamentary, but yeah. So, there we go, guys. Learn something new every day. British politics! Woo! Yeah. You know what else is weird? That like, they're, not allowed to call, they're not allowed to call anyone by their name, so that's why they're always like, oh, the honourable like yeah. member or whatever like it's just weird like why <sighs> mm, obviously there's just like laws from like bloody three centuries ago that they haven't changed mm-hmm. <sighs> like so in order to move but the thing is how are we actually going to move forward from this because i can't see these rules actually changing unless like what would it take would it take a majority of parliament to actually say that they want to change it in order for it to change. I don't know what the procedure is. Yeah, first of all, it wouldn't even make it to like vote or consideration, I don't think. And even if it did, I think it would be voted against anyway because most of the rules don't apply to the majority of members of parliament. Yeah. And so, um, the ones that they does apply to, that they kind of just let it slide around anyway, like, you know, that people are allowed to use words to get around certain situations or if you belong to a certain demographic, you can speak in a way that doesn't get you kicked yeah. out. If you're a female or a member of the mm-hmm. community, then, you know, you're subject to a different standard. It's actually just a, a wider kind of like, um, it's just an example of like wider systems of like, you know, mistreatment in society, I guess. Like it's not even that, it's not even specifically parliamentary rules. It's, it's what they're a part of, if you get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think, like you know, if you, you can't tackle, for example, you can't tackle the what Simran has just said the 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 problem of um, differential rules for different MPs without tackling, for example, racism or tackling sexism. Yeah. 
and they don't want to address that. They don't want to exactly. That. They're not even trying to. They're not even trying to address that. So I don't. So I don't know. It's Can like, I ask a bit of a stupid question? I mean, it might be a bit dumb. Hey, there's no question. That's so a stupid old? question. Why are they all so old? Like, why is there no one like under thirty? You know, like why? Why is there like a age limit so you can even become a member of parliament? No, like, there actually isn't. But that that's just like the parliamentary, like elitist groups in it. Like shout out um, Nadia Witton from Nottingham. She's the youngest um, MP in there at the moment. Um, she yeah. is doing bits. Um, I think she's around my age, like 24, 23. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. So she's been yeah, that was quite. She's quite. She's quite an anomaly, though, isn't she? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, like. In terms of representation in Parliament, obviously, you know, they have coloured people, they have women. And then I was thinking ageism is kind of, it's kind of like reverse ageism. That's why young people are always getting shagged, man. And there's no real like disability or visible awareness. There's no representation for that. I was just trying mm. to try to think of like different groups and I was like, they just do the tick box with females and people of colour because those are the easiest and most accessible ones anyway. And then mm. the age thing, I think naturally won't represent younger people won't represent the majority opinion of the older members. So people might might even be interested in like pushing a scheme forward to encourage younger people to become members of parliament. No, it's that's so the like, thing. That's why young people are often so mis- like they're so they're just shagged. They're always shagged. Yeah. And they want to represent an opinion that's now dated because everyone there is, you know, maybe 50, 60 plus. Mm. Mm. Well, then how mm. do we change that? Because I feel like the only way which you can really do that is getting, like, the reason why Nadia will have got to where she is now is because she, I imagine she will have been involved in politics, like, literally from such a young age and have been got into that straight away. Like, to go, to become an MP at such a young age, like, you will have had to have your head switched on. And I think that's the problem, is that politics, because of who is currently representing politics at the moment, it's seen as, like, such, like, a thing that people don't want to get interested in because they... Yeah, it's about youth engagement. More generally, it's about youth engagement, isn't it? Mm. But there's that, how are you meant to engage the youth when they literally see and all they can see is, like... Old it's such a catch twenty two because it's like it's like you can't get young people in politics without get get it, having youth engagement, but you can't have youth engagement unless they see someone that they can resonate with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it why it's difficult. important to have people like Nadia, isn't it? Because like she's yeah. literally leading the part for her and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would any of you guys ever consider running for MP, or is that outside of your? You know what? I always get told. I always get told. Oh my god you should go into politics oh my god like you know you're so passionate you're so articulate you should go into politics and i think you know what you see these benches that people sit on i'll be bashing people's heads on them i can't do it i actually can't do it like when i watch certain clips like for example when i was watching the clips of like zara and dawn butler i was just thinking how are they not swinging right now like this is how i know i could actually never be in politics because you come at me sideways that's it i'm actually not the one i can't i can't do it i can't yeah Oh, this is the thing, like, when we talk about people being, it's like unprofessional, you can't be unprofessional in Parliament, this, that, the other, yet all I think of is that um, image of Jacob Rees-Mogg literally, like, lying down with his feet up, like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, can you imagine if someone like Diane Abbott did that, how much she'd be slapping? My guy! Like, the way they castrated her for drinking a little tinny on the tube. Yeah. <laughs> and her peers, her white male peers, are doing a madness. Mm. It's crazy. It's actually crazy. I mean, one can only hope. Well, and that's another thing, isn't it? Like the, the whole professionalism and respectability politics and everything. Like, I can't even swear in Parliament. How I struggle doing this two-hour show every week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, Halima. I'd like to see someone like you up there, but then it's a case of, like, I'd, I feel like you wouldn't be able to maintain yourself. Like Imagine someone says something to me and my response is suck your mom. <laughs> it's just not gonna work. <laughs> just not gonna oh, work. Dear. Oh dear. All right, Halima for MP for what is it? What constituency are you now? Bloody Cheadle. Yeah, we don't yeah. like we don't Cheadle. Uh, it's not gonna work. Yeah, Cheadle is just between them. What's it called? Lib Dem and Tory. I get the, I get the Lib Dem like adverts in my post all the time, and I'm just like I'm not interested. Going oh, there. are you in the same constituency now? Because you're only around the corner yeah, from me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's like Cheadle and Gatley, isn't it? Cheadle and Gatley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. I'd, and honestly, like, I, I, I'll actually get assassinated. <laughs> like, I'll actually get assassinated. Mm. So it's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it, it guys. It's not, it, I mean, this is the thing, like, it's not even a joke. Like, also, the amount of, like, um, labor right. especially female mps they get threatened and it's, they're not taken seriously and then we just think about what happened to joe cox um r.i.p yep. obviously like yep. it's just like why do people not take this thing seriously like wasn't it like diane it, it was i think it was dawn butler actually it was i can't remember who it was it was i, I think it was dawn butler she had to close her offices at some point last year because mm. um of all the threats that she was getting yeah and i know diane but like they released like the number of um, threat gone. It was literally. I think Diane Abbott, a single person, made up. I think over 50%. don't don't. Yeah, don't quote me on that. But I think it was like her singularly made over fifty percent of the 50%. threats. Yeah, no, it was that. It was yeah. that. Yeah, I, it just speaks for itself. It's been a while like since you've been here in person. So like, yeah, nice I think so, have, yeah. it'll be nice to have someone here in person with me. So I'm not. Uh, all, not all I have alone. good news though, guys. Go on. Go on. I got an offer from Nottingham. Ooh, congrats! Is that your first choice? That's the one I wanted. So I got I got three out of three offers, but I wanted Nottingham. Oh my god, congrats, girl! Sweet. Thanks. So, so, is it um, what clinical psychology was it? Occupational. Occupational. Oh my god! So you're moving to Nottingham. That's me for a year, but not girl. Do you know anyone um, there? Came full circle. Pardon? Do you know anyone there? <laughs> Yeah, I've got loads of friends there, and I used to go there, like, in first year, to the point where people would see me in the club, and they would be like, why are you never at your own university? And I was like... Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why I said it's a, come, it's a very weird full circle for me. Like, I used to be there all the time. And also, they rejected me for psychology when I was in sick form. They gave me oh. sociology instead. I didn't get the grades for psychology, and I declined them for sociology. But I was like, nah. And that with a vengeance. Yeah. For a master's. <laughs> Well, no, big up Simran doing bits in the psychology Thank world. Look to see it, look to see it. Gonna have to but I will have to come in. There's no way I'm just never, ever going to come back to the station again, at least like for like a fight or what. I don't know, like we'll have to do something. So I'll, I'll come to Manny at some point. How far is, how far is um Nottingham? Nottingham an hour and a half? Must be like two hours maybe, hour and a half. I think it's about an hour and a half. Yeah. The annoying um, thing is, like, there's it's because it, you have to go via A road, so you can't. It's really annoying. Like, I hate. I did the drive from Liverpool to Nottingham once, and I hated it. That was about two and a half hours. Are you joking me? Yeah, it was pretty no, far. No motorway. It was like a little bit motorway, but most of it was A road. Oh my god, I was going insane. That's crazy. Or maybe. But I mean, like, you, are your friends still in in Liverpool, like? Um, most know. of my friends, like the vast majority of my friends, graduated this year so they're all like mm. going back home a couple of them like i don't know anyone on postgrad but a few do like four-year courses oh because i was gonna say like maybe if you ever came to visit your friends that like, you could pop over to the studio but yeah i need to i, well, I want to go to liverpool anyway like i'm not i'm definitely gonna go back like i want to take my friends and go and see it and stuff because i think it all happened so quickly i didn't even get to like say bye, say bye like, i need to like, go and bless it one more time you know like Aww. so it's not like I'm, I'm not never not going to go back to Liverpool, I don't think. And then obviously when that happens, I'm coming to Manchester. Yeah. Love to see it, man. I mean, I think we should partner as well, like, so that, like, maybe, like, once a month you can come into the studio. Maybe we can pl plan it so that you do, like, some other kind of content as well. So that it's not just you coming over, you know what I mean, for, like, literally, like, two hours. We can plan it so that it's actually, like... Yeah. Because mm. obviously... Like, as much as, like, StreamYard is, like, a good tool to utilise it, I do miss you guys actually being here. I know, it's not the Oh, Carla! Yeah, I'm just... Like, I'm back next week, don't worry. So I realised we need to get, like, a proper photo of the three of us so that we can actually have, like, a proper, like, poster rather than it just being, mm. like, a, like, a collage of, like, us stuck together. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's not a cute picture of me. Yeah, I, I knew, I knew you know what, I knew you were going to say that, but I was like, you know what, I think Simran looks kind of stush in this, so I'm going to, like, put her there, because, like, she looks, like, kind of like she's, like, serving, like, you know what I mean, like, just look, don't look at me this way, and then... is like, my trigger word, it's like a, oh, really, God. I saw your I, face then, I, kid, like, oh, my God, in first year, 
everyone. They were like, oh, you're stush, you're stush. She's, she thinks she's prestige. We were like, oh my God. That was me all first year. And then I went on this whole like, no, I'm not stush. And then started being like really nice to people. And then obviously, you know, being nice gets you like literally nowhere. So then I'm, so now I'm back and I'm owning it again. I'm just going to get stush like tattooed on me somewhere just so I can like reclaim the word. Because at this point, it is discrimination towards me wow. that's how that's how deeply i feel about that word okay but I'm it. i didn't mean to trigger something there i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway kind of a compliment now back in the day i used to get really offended but now i'm just kind of like i'd rather be stushed than whatever the opposite of stush is but rounding this off simran i'm very happy that you're I don't know if we'll, we'll call Nottingham North for now, but like it's 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 barely yeah. north. But it's like, the Midlands. It's literally the county is literally East Midlands. I yeah, I think it's not. Isn't Nottinghamshire a county? I think. Um, I don't know, but you know, like Birmingham, the county is like West Midlands. Mm. No, that's the region, isn't it? Okay, region. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I swear, Nottingham is East. No, Nottingham is definitely East Midlands. But yeah, it's definitely just... like in the. It's not. I would personally, I wouldn't say it's north. It's not the north, Carlos. Well, gatekeep just... a bit better. I mean, I was trying to make positive out of Nottingham, but anyway, at least if... it's not the south. That's all you need yeah, to say. At least yeah. it's not the south. It's better. I'll see myself out in it. Mm. Right. Anyway, you guys wanted to talk about pressure to get married. Now we've we've already talked a bit about this that back on Valentine's Day. But it's been a while. How many months is now? March, April, May, June, July. Five months. So feel free to go into like go on, guys. You know what? I'm gonna let Simran lead with this because <laughs> the vim with which she she suggested it on the group chat, she's clearly got something to get off her chest. So go well, on, Simran. I think when we had it back then, when we had the convo, it wasn't that deep for me then because I was in uni, so I was not seeing any members of my family, at least not on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm home. And I've been home for like a month now. I've seen like a lot of members of my family and like a lot of people that I've not seen in like a very long time, like pre-COVID we're talking. So like me before COVID, I was like, I just turned 20. And now like I'm nearly 22. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, so I'm now in a different age bracket, I would say like, you know, the post degree, post 21, like I'm going into that. And now people are starting to say like, so... They're like, oh, so you found anyone? Are you seeing someone? Do we like, are you interested? Like, what are you planning it? Do you want to get married? Like, um, you know, how studies going? Oh, now we can find you a man. Like, it's all just like, what? Like, I'm like, why is nothing to do with like, no one cares about the masters. No one cares about. The oh, it's so typical, no isn't it? No, not, not even a congratulations. Just when you're getting married. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, so you're not graduating properly this year you're graduating next year which means that you can get married by 2024 then or something like you know what i mean like it's just like stop simran um, i know obviously your stepbrother's getting married i'm curious if you don't mind me asking how old is he 27 8 28 okay and do you think he had pressure to get married before now or no no he didn't get loads of pressure but to be fair I don't know why he was an anomaly, but everyone else in my family did, did have massive pressure from like 20, early 20s onwards. And I'm just like, I, you know what? It doesn't need, the pressure doesn't feel that much at the moment, but it's the fact that it's the time between people saying it, it's getting more and more frequent now. And I'm starting was, to freak out. Was your, brother's a, um, was your brother's an arranged marriage? No, 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 no. Will yours be an arranged marriage? Absolutely not. Oh really? Are you really against it? I wouldn't I don't mind if someone was like there's also another single male that's your age or roughly your age or whatever, blah 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 blah. Maybe go out on a date and get to know him in in like a good six years from now, nowhere near anytime soon. I'd have to be more not I was gonna use the word desperate, desperate's not the word, but like more like willing to do that than I am now, which is zero. Um yeah, but like not 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 like an arranged marriage. Like, oh, you guys are getting married. Mm. I wouldn't mind being introduced, mm -hmm. but not no bio data. No, 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 no. So, um, Simran, you obviously said like six years. So, if say for example, you got into a relationship now and it was going really well, 
would you like literally be in that relationship for you say like the next six years before wanting to settle down or if it was like say three or four years in would you be like okay maybe i'd be open to doing it earlier the thing is with me right ever since i was really young my career came first like i when i was 14 i made a 14 year plan which was basically so i'd be 28 by the time i'm i'm a fully qualified psychologist right and on my 21st birthday i realized i'm exactly seven years into the 14 year plan i had a massive existential crisis i don't want to talk about it it was horrible um and of the way there got seven years left and yeah basically that preceded my entire life and all the decisions i made so like that 14 year plan comes first and not a lot i can't i can't see a lot like especially not a man getting in the way of it i mean that's fair enough the thing is is like obviously in our culture it's such a cultural normal girl hits a certain age and it's kind of what we spoke about in that valentine's day episode where it's like the, the basically the the sum worth of a woman is um her her child her, her making a home like making a family basically mm -hmm. um so everything else is almost kind of like subsidiary like the same same thing happens to me like got my first mine started when i was 18 simran so you're even lucky that that you've had it a few yeah. years later like you get your honestly like you go to university the concern about marriage you my first degree concern about marriage my second degree concern about marriage recently got myself like a good job concern about marriage like that's that's all they care about it's just like as a like you know i feel like the boys always get, get very geared towards like uni and like getting a career sort of then getting on their feet first maybe getting a property or whatever but for us it's like we can have the uni thing for like three years a little undergrad and then it's like no no, no now you have to think think about settling down and stuff yeah and just, like, it's as though like our degrees and our career aspirations are just like cute like little side side things side hustles you know yeah and i feel like people don't like it when i start with the 14 year plan which is honestly absolutely fair enough but like mm. i like to leave it because i feel like you need to know that that comes first before literally anything else right now because i'm not giving that up for anything really well your and parents are calm aren't they your parents are not yeah, like yeah parents are calm it's just like that's the most important thing that's actually the most important thing it's just people that but the thing is like in a way i'd understand it more if my parents were saying it to me because they kind of can if it was people are gonna though that's just the nature of our community man i'm just like you can't you don't get a say like focus on your own life like do that's, you that's, that's the nature of our community and not just with marriage but with everything else with women it's just like marriage is like they really can't fathom the fact that a woman might have any kind of life outside of marriage so that's that's kind of like what it is that they speak about most with women but it's one of those things isn't it you just you're gonna keep getting it sis you're gonna keep getting it when I tell people like, oh, this year's like now a master's and it's like, oh, it's another year that you're not going to be like, you know, in like a, in like a full-time job. And then I'm like, no, no, but it's not just that. It's then another three years of work and then a three-year PhD. Like I'm not, I'm not done. Like, yeah, yeah. And they really like, it annoyed. I can see the world like getting annoyed by it. And I'm like, first of all, it's not your life. And second of all, like 30 really is the new 20. Like your 20s are for figuring this kind of stuff out. And like getting to know yourself and like going on your own self journey and i feel like then if you're the type of person to settle down do it when you're 30 like or do it when you're 40. and also like the annoying thing is is like what you're doing is actually sick like you've done so well for yourself you're so like you're so prepared you're so ambitious like you're so passionate about what you do it's such a like a good thing you know it's such an aspirational thing and they're not even looking at that. They're not actually even stopping to say like, and I bet you in your community as well, you're probably one of the first kind of generation of, of women to actually really pursue a career in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and really want something of herself. They're not even stopping to be like, oh my God, what you're doing is so good. Yeah, for them it's in like a, they don't mean it in a harsh way, but for them it's like a waste of time. Like, yeah. but they don't understand the, the hard work and like the thought that goes into it and where it'll end me up in 10 years time it's, it's just about like now like oh she's not gonna find a man like yeah 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 like, i know trust yeah. me i bloody know i get it every day i'm about to hit 25 everyone is stressed everyone is panicking like, who's like, gonna marry yeah. me it's, it's like you're acting like they're saying you're past your like sell by date like you're expired now because you're 25 20 
so young. Well, I'm not gonna lie though, like it has kind of slightly done a number on me. I, I even so you know how you're saying like, oh, you're not that interested in like family and all that, like getting married, having kids and all that kind of stuff yet. I have always like wanted to start a family young because I don't know, like the brainwashing they did, it was successful, in it. <laughs> so I personally have actually always wanted to like get married and settle down young. So even me, I'm a bit stressed. I'm like, oh my god, I'm 25, where's my husband? I thought I was gonna have a child by 23, guys. I thought I was gonna have a husband and child by 23. Wow. I mean, people do like I know people that are settled with like kids and um husbands and houses and stuff, like you know, like I see more and more people doing Oh, that. you know some people that's cute. Everyone I know, everyone I know is has, it's has a northern thing though. No one down here can afford to do that. That is such a northern thing. Oh really? See yeah. the thing is yeah. is like because I went to a primary primary school that was like 98% Muslims and obviously like Muslim people tend to get married a lot younger so from the age genuinely from the ages of like 17 18 I've been seeing my peers from primary school like get married have children like that is a regular thing every year there's like a handful of people but the thing is I went to a, a high school that was predominantly white even my white peers are now starting to get engaged have children get out mortgages and all of that I'm like right I'm actually getting on you know <laughs> It is Carlos, how do you feel? What do you feel pressure? Is it like I don't really feel pressure, but I do feel old. Like <laughs> No, that's because Carlos, you've been in like a serious long term like you know you're marrying your girlfriend sometime soon anyway. No comment. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Um yeah, no, I, I don't feel pressure. I wouldn't say it, so I'm quite lucky in that sense. I think that's a variety of factors, obviously, to do with being male and also being yeah. mixed as well. Obviously, that kind of takes yeah. a bit off and not really having much um, South Asian family surrounding the, me, like yeah. in, in the first um, circle type thing. So yeah. I suppose that's kind of a positive in that sense, I suppose. I mean, I would prefer... What does your dad say, Carlos? Is your dad like bothered by that kind of stuff? I don't think he's bothered. I, I know he's probably listening to this right now, so I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but um, I don't think he's that bothered by it. But I do think that he is quite like he he wouldn't mind what age I settle down or whatever. But he does want me to do things in a certain order. Okay. So, then, like, so like, I I think like it is definitely marriage is the first thing rather than like having kids or that. Whereas I would personally not necessarily be against subscribing to like against the norm of like getting married and then having kids like i'm yeah, open okay. to whatever but i can understand why people do push for that in one one hand but i think mm. ultimately like you kind of just have to grow like, like i said 25 you have to make your decisions for yourself at the end of the day like you yeah, can't really yeah, be can't really not not pressured but you can't really be worrying about oh what will they say what will they say sort of thing um but I did want to ask Halima, so what's this job that you've got? Um, I got a job at, as a tech, as a graduate tech consultant at KPMG, so I'm staying in Manchester. Wow, that's really cool. What? Carlos, that sounded so no, insane. No, no, because... Um, oh, that's that's really cool. Cool. One of, one no, KPMG is huge. Yeah, and one of my... Um, one of my girlfriend's... Um, uni flatmates has just got a job at KM kpmg as well so Ooh. Like, yeah. let's go halima exciting excited thanks guys thanks guys yeah, thank you thank well you thank you like, I, I don't really know anything about them or i do know obviously that they're a very reputable company so like big up like yeah. thanks guys i know you guys are so excited for me I'm, I'm actually dreading it i'm not cut out for the work life man like it's great you get the job it's great you're gonna start yeah. earning great doing the work not great no so, so I feel you, like my like excitement and happiness is just capped by the fact that the realization that oh I'm gonna have to work. So do you still have the plans to go for the PhD or has that been put to one side or? No, I do still want to, but I don't know. My thing is, is like, ah, uh, PhDs are difficult, man. It's a bit difficult. So like Simran, for example, hers is to get to be a qualified psychologist, right? You're you're and so you need it, and you have a you have a like you're not gonna be in academia from what I understand, that you're going to be in the field, right? 
yeah 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 so it's a bit different for like especially like humanity students who because for me i wanted to do my phd to be in academia my guy oh my god it's such a struggle right now it's actually such a struggle um so overworked so underpaid professors are literally coming forward to say to students unless it's your absolute dream of your life to have a phd just don't go for it um so and and i'm just like i can't i gotta start earning p man like i actually got a like I don't want to slog it, you know. I actually don't want to slog it. So. Like companies like KPMGs, you just need to find your way and like network as much as you can to get yourself into um, a department or somewhere with a line manager who will find you a sponsorship. You know, oh, to do my PhD, good for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the thing. So, so my, so my, for me, like right now, I would just like I just need a job for that I could do for like a few years until I decide that I want to go back and do my PhD but then obviously like I got this job and it's such like a lucrative career so now I'm like let me let me stay for like I don't know a decade or two see how far I can go because it will be just it will just be a waste of an opportunity to not actually try and go as far as I can with this but the thing with PhDs as well is that you can always go back and do it whenever yeah there's no like rush on it I think that's what I like about occupational psychology more than clinical is that you can be an occupational psychologist with just the masters, but you will become a registered and a chartered psychologist and obviously a doctor with the PhD. And that's what is kind of, you get a lot better work with it. The hours are easier, the money's better. Like it's just better in every sense of the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is any, any industry, whenever you're qualified, the bread just jumps. Mm -hmm, exactly. So it is worth putting the time in for a PhD in that field, but I don't necessarily need it. And if I'm, you know, happy enough, um, for 10 years as with just the masters of the occupational psychology I'm, I'm happy to go with that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're you know your, your masters master. did you apply with like a proposal for your masters um yeah I, as, I'm just gonna do it as a continuation of my undergrad because um with my undergrad project because of covid if it wasn't for covid we would have had people in the lab with eeg machines which would have obviously tracked all their brain activity while they were performing the test because of covid obviously we couldn't have that because you can't do it without with social distancing um, so what is your so research like what's your what's your actual research so it was a computerized task which measured um basically how efficient your ability is to pay attention uh, based on the theory put forward by these people in the early 2000s about like the three types of attention and how efficient each one functions and then we correlated that with stress data and um, ranking depressive and anxious symptoms as well as symptoms um, of stress related to the pandemic but because Simon, you should test me i've got adhd i've got adhd i've got terrible attention test you me. should have done it i sent it out to everybody i put it on pie i put it on the mango masala and I did it, Halima. No, yeah, I, did it. I did it, man. I did it. Yeah, it was it was well fun. I did it. Yeah. it was sick. I loved it. Anyway, so, so you're gonna continue that research for your master? I'll be able to do it with the machines and stuff. So it will just be a like a an extension of the project, but with an actual like neurophysiological accurate ah. into it now. Like Ooh. we can test, we can test it very empirically. Well, um, if you need any participants for that. <laughs> Come through, B. Honest to God, like my brain is very wit. Like it's 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 very. And can you can can you come and sort out what's going up in here, please? No, I actually need help. You know. When I tell you, that's what everybody says. There's a long list of people. Oh damn. Shoot, mango masala tastes Nottingham. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> that's the good thing, Simran, about you being in another city. You're gonna officially be like get us on the word get us out like on the streets sort of thing spread the word find all the asians yeah, in Nottingham. liverpool slough Nottingham. yeah we're going Taking us national, guys. international exactly right coming up, <laughs> coming up to the music we're going to play now um gonna play a few tracks from dave's new album which dropped yesterday now simran i'm curious because you said you have very strong opinions on listening parties so what what is that about oh yeah so like i just don't agree with the idea of people starting their pod this is gonna sound so shady people starting podcasts where they just sit in a room listen to an album and then every 10 seconds someone pauses it and going oh did you catch that bar like, like I, 
It just, it baffles me. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about when I come on the show and speak about music. Like, I'm not that educated. I, I, I like music, but probably not enough to speak the way I do. But I'm not doing it on, like, podcasts that are dedicated to that. And, like, sitting there. I don't know. Something about it doesn't sit right with me. No, it's, think- it's, it's fine when people actually know what they're talking about. More time, though, you're right. It is actually the only impact impact input they have is, did you catch that bar? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that one, one, that one went over a couple of man's heads. Yeah. <laughs> But then what? Dissect it. Talk about it. Tell me about the wordplay. Tell me about why that relates to his other album. Like, tell me yeah. I want the whole backstory to that bar. Do you know what I mean? Like, you you are just sitting in your living room with like three of them and them, and you're just pausing it and being like, oh no, like. Which I, I don't, don't personally. I don't think you can really properly do that un- until you listen to it a few times and analyze it and then come back rather than literally yeah. doing it reacting. Yeah, you can't do it on the first listen. You definitely can't do it on the first listen. I'm like, I feel like I know a lot of people who are like that in real life. Like they'll play it and they'll be like, oh, that went over a couple of man's heads. And I'm like, what? You don't even know what you're talking. And like people that are trying to relate it to their life, like, no, your parents love you. You come from a very like loving family. <laughs> like, kind of force the struggle thing as well like mm. trying to relate to all these not just Dave but like all these rappers like um struggles that they rap about like you can't you don't resonate with that at all you've never mm. been out there or anything like it's mm. just oh it, cring- it cringes me out it gives me the ick mm. but anyway guys doesn't mean we can't enjoy the music it just means don't try to pretend that you're similar to that when you're not pretty much and don't start a podcast about it please Unless you want to, in which case we're not one to judge. Um, we just won't listen to it in our opinion. Simran might. <laughs> just, go and, just, just go and create a Spotify playlist with a SpongeBob picture. That's what you should do. You see what type of time I'm on? This is, this is what I'm into when I say I know music. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> so we're going to start with Verdansk. And we're going to move on to In the Fire, which that was a surprise feature, actually. What do you think about it? Cause, yeah, like, why, why I was not expecting it. Why did suddenly include Meeks from Manchester plus Fredo, Gets and Gigs? Like, I don't understand. Why didn't? Why do you think he didn't include that in the initial? I don't know why he didn't tracklist them. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes artists do that, though. They have a surprise collabs and they don't tracklist them. Mm-hmm. We've kind of run out of time there. But great guy. Great talking to you guys. Um and obviously congrats on your new job halima congrats on graduating and starting your master's you. simran and yeah we'll be back next week um simran, i'll see you in the studio the best time <laughs> <laughs>